Welcome to EdTech Product Managers, the place to learn about EdTech product management. Today, I'm very happy to have a teacher with me. Can you please introduce yourself? Thank you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kirsty. So I'm a French and Spanish teacher at a school in Trafford in Manchester. Awesome. And we've known each other for quite a while. We actually did our training, teacher training together. <laughs> um, I don't want to. I don't want to drop the name of the school in, but you know, academies. That that's an academy anyway. Um, so sure, we just drop the name. I don't know. Should we drop the name? <laughs> I don't, um, no, let's keep no, it. No, let's not. Yeah, let's keep it. Let's keep it anonymous. Um, but yeah, we went through the whole teaching training process together, and um, it was grueling. <laughs> not even gonna lie, it was grueling. Um, but we learned a lot, um, and um, I just want to ask, uh, kind of get a teacher's perspective of EdTech products and um, like what can EdTech products do to better serve teachers and also kind of shining a light on actually what it's like to be in a school and what things could EdTech product managers do to kind of make, make things better. So I wanted to ask you, first what your favorite edtech product is or um and then why and then also i'm going to try and be less podcasty and be more like i'm actually just having a conversation with you <laughs> yeah um i'm going to talk about two just because they're sort of for two different reasons but um i'm not, it's all they're different types of technology but i really liked doing um screencasts when we had um remote learning in school and yeah. I've even used it recently when I was off um for COVID related things and I've been at home um so I use sort of screencast-o-matic and record lessons on there and and, and and I know that's something that's not that's used outside of the education industry as well but I do think that was a really good tool because it just meant that I could literally kind of teach my lesson yes without the interactive part but then the teacher that was in school would be able to do would be able to just basically press play and, and press pause and and they'd be able to do the interactive part but I was kind of guiding the lesson the entire time and I just felt that it was it was a way of maintaining control from from my side and a way of um kind of reducing the amount of sort of work that the the cover teacher had to do which I think was really important um and I, I just think that there's there's places for screencasts, like even when it's not remotely, well, even when it's not you being off for any reason, I just think that they're, they're really good for the, the kids to do. Um, so I like, so I really enjoyed that. And then um, because I'm a language teacher, I, sh I have to mention like a language specific one. So we've been using um, in, in my school currently the language gym, which is um, anybody who's a language teacher will know um, someone who's really prominent in the field called Gianfranco Conti and he's created this website based on his own sort of um, practices and the, what he does but it's um, it's it's mainly just really good for practicing everything related to language it's got different sections for all the different parts that you would like the vocabulary and then verbs and creating sentences you can go on different topics but it's the it's the games part of it that is the bit that engages um, students so they actually enjoy doing it so you can you can set them in all just sort of different fun related games like one looks like, like they're doing a boxing game and one looks like they're rock climbing and, and things but really they're just creating sentences and picking words but um it, I, th I do just think it's really engaging like you'll set a homework or you'll set some work for them to do on the on this on this platform and you'll tell them oh you, you know you need to do half an hour you need to spend half an hour on this and you can come and look at what they've done and some of them have spent hours on it so they're obviously like enjoying it and and um, yeah, and it, I mean, it doesn't come without its negatives, but um, I think that I think that is a good one. So, like, what would you say was the negatives of it, if you if you can think of some? Um, I think well, the ne I think the negatives are just that, especially. I mean, we all feel as 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 people that we have too many accounts and things to to remember our details for. Yeah, and the kids they already had like the details to remember for their their overall homework um, kind of website that they all logged on to for everything. 
And then I'm, then I'm telling them, oh, you've also got to sign up for this language and you've got to remember this password, that password. And there's, I just feel like with technology, unfortunately, there's always silly things. Like we had some issue related to servers where children kept ending up on the wrong server and stuff like that. And it, 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 it's, it's, there's a way around it, but then at the same time, it's like you're always going to encounter these things. And, and, then, and that's not even talking about the fact that some children will tell you, I don't have internet at home. I can't get on this or like when you're using them in school it's a lot easier because you can just all take them into a computer room and you can make sure this thing that thing but um yeah from a home point of view and and then I think it's just the the potential for errors so as much as you know they've got really good people designing these websites and these these adding things to them there's always human error so there's there's certain things that aren't quite right and glitches and stuff like that but I think overall it's worth it yeah uh, I think that yeah that thing of I think sometimes edtech product managers they think like every school's the same and that every school has the same demographic that like all the students will have laptops like if you maybe go to like a private school or like a grammar school school that's situated in like a really rich area yeah you know all those kids will have their own very laptop and then all of those kids will have their own room and then they can do their private homework but they're like if you go to certain schools there's some kids who they don't have a laptop they don't have a room they might share a room with three of their siblings or four of their siblings and they don't have a quiet place to do homework at um so it's kind of like i don't i don't know how they can overcome that problem but i know that in my last school that was a really, really good school. Um, what we did to overcome that problem was have a knowledge organizer and that all the homework was like written. Um, so they did have some like um, websites that they can do the homework on, but we only had one actually, now that I think about it, that we had one website where they did all their homework and they used Century. So they did the English homework on Century, they did the math homework on Century, science homework on Century. They just had one account and we had homework club every single day except from Wednesdays. So I think this, the model that my school did was like, it, it incorporated technology, but also it thought about the demographic who we were serving. So I think it's kind of like, yeah, I think it is the responsibilities of, you know, edtech companies to think about it, but I think it's also the responsibility of schools to think about how does this product work within our context? And does it work, what does it work does it work well? Um, but I think, yeah, you know, with the different passwords, different accounts, like I remember like in my, you know, my first school, um, we had like, we had, we had like subscriptions to, um, what was it? We had subscriptions to ED, we had subscriptions to um, Hegarty Mass, subscriptions to Mass Watch. We had, we had subscriptions to like pretty much every like math like program. Some of it that we didn't even know we had like an account for. And I was thinking like, that's such a waste of money. Like, and like the kids didn't know all their passwords. And then like with some of them, they hadn't logged in for like a whole year or three years. I think there was like one student who had never logged into it, like from the very beginning since they started school. They were like in year 10. And I was like, how have you not like logged in and done nothing? So I think it's kind of like, it is the responsibilities of schools as well to ensure that the product that they're selecting actually works for them as well. But um, yeah, so that's my thoughts on it. I, no, I yeah. agree with you on that. It's definitely about being smart with it because I can think of examples in the previous school where we worked, yeah. where we had a certain technology. And when I think about it now, it was it was really good and the platform was so good. The kids could log on and do so much work themselves whereas I notice it now because I have the I basically don't have the online version of that software now I just have like the cd-rom version or something really old and this we have something very old-fashioned here so we don't have that same access for the kids but we didn't even use it so or we used it like a little bit when we had to go into remote learning we sort of went oh well um, when when the pandemic first hit and we were panicking about what we could do we went oh let's set them things on on the on this particular software and I think it's active teach and um and we but we didn't really use it at all and I was thinking we'll be paying loads for this yeah whereas my current school because they've just bought the you know the disk version or something and it's just a software file on the computer 
will have cost next to nothing but we use it in the same way so it's just like wasted wasted money but yeah I tell you what there was another technology ed tech that I just thought of that was like oh I love this and I wish we'd had it when I was younger is that we have a careers one and we so every like every time we have a PSHE lesson or a careers lesson we log on to this Zello and it is just so good what's it called again Zello Zello okay with an x and it's it's basically like a careers advice service for all online and all individual you go and do it yourself and and the kids like log on and they have to they pick their interests they do little quizzes to sort of say things they're interested in they pick potential careers they they and then they look at like careers they might be interested in and it gives them all the information like it gives them potential salaries it gives them what sort of qualifications they're going to need for it it tells them what subjects they need to focus on in school to get there and um yeah and it kind of just gives them an idea of what they might be compatible with and the different kind of options and I think what's really good about it is just the wealth of information and knowledge on yeah. all the different careers because at, when I was at school I don't I think you, you you knew some main careers and you didn't really so some roles you just never heard of and would yeah. you and they do that because the kids scroll through something and go miss what what's this and I said oh I, I explained a bit to them but I'm like why don't you read it through it a little bit more and you find out the information for yourself but it's and I think it's really good for those kids that maybe aren't academic as well, because it's it's not all it's all sorts of courses. And, you know, they they ask you questions like, oh, do you think you're going to go on to uni or do you think you're going to go on to an apprenticeship? And and it, and yeah, and even just the information about salaries and, it, and information about how in demand the pro- pro- profession is and things like that. I think I wish I had all that information then. And it's just on this nice is really user friendly platform like yeah I think I think for things like careers I think that it's I've seen some really good stuff yeah yeah I think there's like another product that's quite like that um yeah my last school in Stone we used um Unifrog and it was like it was really good like they could do personality tests so like they did the um, MBTI and it helped with their personal statements. I think it was very catered towards university, to be honest. And I think, yeah, they need to kind of think about other, like that, I think your product also catered to people who weren't thinking maybe university wasn't their route. But yeah, I think it was, it was, it was also kind of similar, but I think your, your product sounds like a bit better, to be honest, from that. Um, what's your like most hated EdTech product? like a product that you're just like what I don't even know why we're using this in school like or something that's just like hard to use and you don't really know what it's like usage is I mean can I can I say sims is that yeah like, so I was thinking sims <laughs> I just I, the thing with sims is it's it, it's fine it does a job you can do your registers and and it depends how you use it because we've talked about this like in my current school I don't think uses it to its potential at all um, whereas I feel like at our school we were starting to understand how, what it could be used for yeah. but at the, same, at the same time because before we before we were talking about um, other options like that edgy one that we yeah edgy one was really good I liked that it much better that was yeah. far better you had like it was linked to messaging home and things like that. That's yeah. already a big improvement. It, on it made life so much easier when you had to send mass messages and then you had like templates as well. It was so good. And like, I think it really helped with like uniforming um, our communication as well, because yeah. like departments would come in and agree, okay, what is the format? What's the template in which we're gonna send messages to parents? And I think it helped even improve the professional image. And then also like, automatically if students hadn't handed in homework it would send to their parents that they had you know they hadn't done it because you had the kind of the um you could tick who would send the homework in and the parents knew what was happening they knew if they had a behavioral point like it was so it was so good what like what do you think you would do to make edgy one like even better i know you don't use it now but like if from what you remember anyway um yeah, it's hard to it's hard to remember because I feel like when we we were only getting it new and we were still getting used to all the things you could yeah. do on. So I think there was probably some things that we were missing out on. Again, it, it's always going to be the case. It's just about kind of synthesizing all the different things that it does and yeah, 
yeah like so it always just felt like there was something missing like you try and go from one area to another but you couldn't you'd have to go sort of back to the start or something it was it was I just think sometimes the information is so confusing as well and I feel like this with sims like if you want to look at attendance you have to look at some big kind of almost like a spreadsheet of stuff and yeah. I just think it, it, it should be summarized a little bit better and I think 100% could could do more in that way as well yeah. yeah I I wish I don't know what it was but it's I think it's like you know round robins I don't know if that's like an actual website though you know when like you need to do safeguarding stuff and you yeah. need to type you were like this is what happened I wish there wasn't a separate website for that. I just feel like that should be a part of like Sims or part of yeah. Eduone. I feel like it makes no sense to have a separate like website for it. I just feel like I should just type into Sims and that's the that's round robin already. Yeah. No, I just I feel agree. like there's so many like apps that just waste time and I'm just like, I'd want something like, I, I think we just need a monopoly. Like I personally feel like there just needs to be a monopoly on like, they just need to monopolize like I think there needs to be like one company that just absorbs whether it's like edtech products to learn or is edtech products that have to do with safeguarding I'd much prefer if there was like a monopoly so that way you just need to have one account and that one platform does everything that it needs to do and yeah well we've talked about it from a kid from the child's point of view of them yeah. having to like log on to loads of different things and it's you know, it's difficult for them and it, but then it's from our point of view like when I'm coming in on a more on a morning I have yeah. to log into my computer then I have to log into sims yeah then I have to log on to like our homework sites actual one then I might log on to the language gym to check um what, what <laughs> you've done their homework on that and, I, and I'm sure I'm missing something out oh yeah maybe there's been a safeguarding issue and I've got to log on to I've completely forgotten what ours is called off the top of my head but yeah. I might like to log on to that and it, there's probably something else as well yeah and you think I've got to do all of that uh, on top of all the things that we everyone knows we're doing as teachers that we're, we're planning and we're, we're, we're calling people and there's all sorts of things that we're doing it is just like why is that not one yeah. one thing yeah. yeah why can't it all just be integrated over like just one thing um what is like a pet peeve that you have that you just know in your heart could be automated like a pet peeve that just could be automated um oh i probably should have thought about this before because i'm sure there'll be something but nothing's coming to mind right now uh, you got really, one. i have one my pet peeve is having to put my qla to qla yeah QLAs is my pet peeve and then from the QLA having to put it back into sims that's my pet peeve having yeah. to like type okay this person got one mark for this <laughs> this person got two marks for this question and then having to do all that and then now put it again into sims like that's my pet peeve like because you have to mark the paper QLA the paper and then put it back into sims I just feel like it's a waste of time I just feel like first and foremost I feel like the excel sheet should be like I don't know I have a connected to sims so as soon as you finish putting it in it's just already popped in i just feel like i shouldn't have to repeat that process again because you have to go through like every single student and be like looking at your excel sheet you'd be like <laughs> the whole time so that's what annoys me and i think another pet peeve is like maybe this is more for people who are, like head of department like if you're making because you know like uh well anyway with our ones that like, you like you can like snap and make papers on like websites like Exampro. You can like make papers. Mm -hmm. I feel like they should also create an Excel sheet for it. Like Exampro should, because Exampro will produce like um, the mark scheme, the paper, and then maybe exam reports. But they should also, I think they should also produce like an Excel QLA sheet as well. Because I think that would be that would make sense rather than like teachers having to go back and like edit and make new QLA sheets for it. And I feel like that should be integrated with either Sims or Eduone. Like, I would love that because that would just save so much time because I just feel like so much time is wasted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it does feel like there's so many times where a simple copying and pasting <laughs> would suffice. Like, you feel like yeah. I should be able to copy and paste this data and paste it into this table on yeah. Sim or on someone. But you can't. You have to export everything. Honestly. So do copy and pasting or, or importing 
then sometimes you just, yeah, you can't even copy and paste into Sims. You just have to import manually everything that you've already done on another yeah. site. Yeah. I think like, there's a lot of things like that. And you just feel like, are you trying to make my life difficult here? Like, honestly, why, why are we not all working off the same thing? And I just think as well, like we're talking about tech being a bit more um, holistic, like oh, yeah. dealing with everything. I don't understand why that's that's a difficult leap to make when most schools, yeah, all schools are different and there's different contexts and things like that. But like the fundamentals of school, schools tend to be the same in terms of the processes that we have and the things that we have to do. Mm. I feel like mostly like not a one size fits all approach, but I think that most if there was a kind of holistic tool for everything, it would suit most schools or it could at least be adapted to. Yeah, I think we all pretty much have the same. When you talk to people about their schools, it feels we're all doing something pretty similar. We're just in different contexts or dealing with slightly different issues. Mm. Um, I think yeah, that uh, I'm trying to think of any more problems. There are, if not, I think we can go to that bit where we complain about education. <laughs> I'm trying to think, is there anything about edtech products or any edtech product I would like want, that I would really want that exists? I think whenever I look at English teachers, I want to yeah. cry for them. I cry, no, really my soul good. goes out to every English teacher because like the amount of time that they need to, the amount of time that they need to mark, anyone that is essay based. And I just feel like if that would be like the golden nugget, like product, that would be like the golden product that like literally changes the lives of so many, like just essay based teachers. Cause they just like, yeah, they go for it. And I think just seeing them, I just, I feel just so sorry for them. Um, yeah, that's what I would I would really like if something like that was there. I feel like for math teachers, it's not so much a problem because it's kind of like, right, yeah, it is like kind of either right or wrong, but mm. you do need to kind of look at, okay, is there working out? Does their working out show certain understanding and then like do that? But like English teachers, you have to actually look at it, think, and then there's like a lot of text there. And then you have to do that for like, maybe, I don't know, you, you might have like five classes, 13 each. Yeah. That's too much. Well, that's too I was they really have to look at it at every department and every subject because I know that at the moment like we're getting a new head at our school and he he wants to look into things like how much marking we're doing are we doing too much are staff being expected to do too much mm. and it's they look at it from like a whole school perspective but then it they, they need to think about it individual departments because there's a difference between um like a teacher in like for example I have nine classes because they're mm. teach only key stage three. So I, you know, I see them, I don't see them as frequently as say a maths teacher or an English teacher. Yeah. And they end up with nine classes and that's like 30 kids in each class. It's a lot of books to mark. And, it, and in a subject like mine, sometimes things are easy to mark. They're not automated, but they're easy to mark. It is like you say with maths, a yes or a no answer. Yeah. And if they do any kind of writing, it's not a yes or a no, it's a right well, we'll see which bits you've got right there and let's decide whether that translation is correct and and there is and I do have to work on that and that's a lot yeah and I, and I can't speak for geography or history or anything really science yeah. really, like I don't know but they'll all have a different level so like one person is going to have less classes fewer classes but um more in-depth marking if they've got like English essays but fewer children to mark for and it's a bit it's like working out that balance that you can't and it and, and how tech can help with that and who yeah. and which which departments have the particular tech to help them and it all needs to be taken into account because otherwise it just ends up feeling unfair if there's a if they have mm. like a one-size-fits-all approach like oh everybody must do this amount of marking or everyone must do this amount of assessments they need to think are they, are they, is the department is that subject actually supported to get that that much marking done or is, is that an unreasonable ask for them so and like mm -hmm. I said it, it's, it, it's hard because you know I don't I know you know I know a little bit about how you mark in your subjects and how you assess just from being you know friends with you and and, and mm -hmm. looking at what you do and things but 
some of the other subjects I wouldn't I wouldn't have a clue and so I think some some departments are probably held to unreasonable standards but they just yeah they don't realize what the rest of us are doing but yeah sharing across the departments I, I agree like I feel like with maths like I'd have no problem like I, we had the exact same problem like when they came with okay this is how frequently you need to mark I'm like, all right, this is all right with me. I was like, this is good. And then, like, you know, and the other departments were like, what's going on? <laughs> like, this is unreasonable. And I was like, you know, and I was just like, well, actually, you know what? Yeah, I have five classes, and some people have ten, and some people, like, I think the I don't I, I probably am remembering this wrong, but like, there was um in engineering they only had like one hour of engineering, like a week. So I think like that teacher has so many different engineering classes, like piles and piles and piles of books. And even though the things that they were marking for was probably not as in-depth, like I just see piles and piles and piles of paper just, just like having to mark. And I'm just like, your time could be used like somewhere else. Like it could be used like way, like way more efficiently somewhere else. So it's not even just the marking though, is it? It's like like we talked about before. It's the it's the marking, then it's the inputting of the data, yeah. then it's the reporting on that data. So every time you have a data drop and you've got to say, oh, how's this child doing in this subject, yeah. and you know, and all the different aspects of that, it becomes yeah. it becomes loads, like all the admin yeah. associated with it. Mm. Yeah, and it could really be used like elsewhere. I think even like the insights, like, do we even get the best insights from from that data? Like, I think my old school, like in Stone, like we did, we, we did get some really good insights and we used that. We did something called Super Teach Week, which was really good. So we'd look at all our data and we would look at, okay, which area was, did they perform the worst in? Like which places, like the area development and we'd just dedicate a whole week just filling in those gaps. So that was like, that was really good because it was like, and then also we'd change our, for the next month, we'd change our retrieval practice based on that. But I know that's not the case with every school. Some schools, they're just like, you mark because you just need to mark. And it's like, do they actually use this information to like change things? Do they actually use this information to kind of, you know? But I would I would also like if all of this was integrated, like even like these mark, these papers that are marked, like because there's like, there's crossovers in curriculum. I would, I think that if we had data on like how they were doing in like, I, I don't know Spanish information how they're doing in English information how they're doing maths and they've integrated all of this to get an even more clearer picture of the student as a whole so they, they could know like what were their strengths because it, it could be like okay this student is not doing so well in certain topics of maths that you know involve a higher level of reading and because it involves a higher level of reading this is spotted in English because they don't really do well in English like I feel like they could use, they could combine the data to get an even more powerful insight on the student. And from that, assign them homework that would be even more powerful in them growing. Um, but I think that needs, yeah, I don't, yeah. I, yeah. If that data was available to all teachers, how amazing, mm -hmm. because I would love to be able to sort of look into one of my students and like, yes, I can do it now and I can see their attendance. I can see whether they've got any SCND status. Mm -hmm. I can see whether they're people premium. I can see all this stuff. And I can maybe see so I can no, I don't even think I can see the results in, in any other subject. No, For some we can't. reason that's we literally can't. And I, I don't understand why, because I want a, a good view of, of who this child is and what where are their strengths and weaknesses, like you say. And then because that will inform my own teaching. So if I know, for example, that the, these children are really good at maths, then I can look at my teaching, the way I teach languages, and I can make it more. I can make it more mathematical, I can make it yeah. formulaic, make it logical for them. I try and do that anyway. Whereas if that kid is is so artistic, they're like really good at art, and that's where they flourish, I can do more for them in terms of making it a creative process. And, yeah. and, and I would do that and I'd like to do that, but and often I feel like I'm guessing or I'm chatting to other teachers to try and work it out or I'm talking to the student themselves. Yeah. But obviously we can't, we haven't got the time to do that. So yeah, there's some platform where you could log on and it said, right, this student here is excelling in science and maths. They're not as doing as well in English, and, but it'd be a way to like address things as well. So it'd be yeah. like, oh, is their reading suffering? How can I help with that? Like, what can yeah. I do? 
their, but, but appealing to like their interests and their sort of aptitudes. I think that I would that I'd prefer that information. This <laughs> is controversial because I don't like talking about, but I prefer that information than whether they're pupil premium or something like that. Yeah. I think <laughs> to support those students anyway, but I don't, yeah. I think that's like a, I'd, I'd like more information about who, who they actually are and, you know, how they're. Yeah. Or, or even like how they've been performing, like on that specific topic throughout their time in school. I think like we, we all we get is a grade okay they got like 70 percent all right they're decent i guess but it's like we don't see like okay maybe this this they've been struggling on um like statistics and they've continuously struggled with statistics throughout from year seven all the way to year 10 they've continuously struggled with statistics like i wouldn't know that all i'd know is that okay this person gets like 70 percent in their maths like they're all right but like that's just a grade it's not like I just feel like if I could see like a pattern throughout their time at school I think that would be so much better especially like okay when it comes to GC I'm like all right this is like something that they've always struggled in like okay what can I do to help them or how can I lump certain students with their weaknesses um because how can you lump them with their weaknesses if you don't know what areas in which their weaknesses are mainly mainly are um so yeah I, i'm not talking about setting i don't believe in setting because if you set kids then those who are at the bottom will just like not do very well at, at all um yeah so hmm. that would be that would be awesome so um i've left teaching um do you want to explain about your situation or not? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to. So yeah. after our kind of whirlwind of our training two years in our school, which was all a bit crazy, I think that I decided, right, I'm going to go and do at least a year in another school and, yeah. and see whether um, teaching is for me or not. Because I, I think that it, the two years wasn't enough to know that because it was mm. really crazy. Um, and... It's one of those where I full on enjoyed my job and I, and I like my school and I don't have loads of negative to say, but I just, I've got to the point where I don't feel like the job itself, the fundamentals of, of the job are for me. So I'm going to um, go back to revisit things that I've done in the past before I began teaching, such as um, translation, because I used to do, be a freelance translator. So I'm looking, but then it's kind of, it's really good though, because I've, I've sort of added strings to my bow, I've added new skills. And so I, I've got other things to look into, like I'm, I'm considering tutoring, I'm considering uh, areas of kind of curricular design, curriculum design and, um, and all this, this kind of thing. Cause I, I have enjoyed a lot of it. I've enjoyed the creating resources. I've enjoyed sequencing curriculum curricula <laughs> I can't see four hours curriculum and um yeah but it was just I think some of the fundamentals like of the of the of the job such as the element of routine I think I want a bit more variety in my day-to-day yeah. -day life than what there the was because you need to create this this strong routine for children and that's what they need and I understand that entirely but I think it's quite difficult as an adult who who sort of enjoys the variety of life to to go back to the system of yeah. right it's nine o'clock so now we do this and now we do this every day and it's break time at this time yeah. every day eat your lunch and I just think that having been out of that world for a while it was um it does become a bit stifling but everyone is um everyone's different so I think I think some people love it and I and I have said as well that I think if you've got a partner who's in the same who's also in teaching or is in the education world I have a few friends like that who husbands and wives and that who who are both in the education world. I think they find it much easier because you just don't, you're just kind of all in that bubble together. Yeah, in that education bubble, term time bubble, the, the counting down to the days off, <laughs> pushing your life away. Oh my god, yeah. Listen, which honestly, I remember it was like in our old school, like there was one teacher who like uh, I don't know if she was a teacher actually. She was, um, I think. She did like cover a little cover, and every single time like say hi to her, she's like, "Oh, one week away," and even when we'd come back, she'd be like, five weeks away, <laughs> four weeks away." 
I'm like, we're wishing our life away here. Like, we're literally wishing our yeah. life away here. But no, it was so funny. Like, oh. um, yeah, I, I think, um, I, yeah, I, you know, we both started in the same school. And I think with teaching, you learn so much about yourself in there. Like, you, it's like, it's mm-hmm. so self-revealing like I think there's nothing like teaching I think it's a very powerful experience and you are pushed to the brink and yeah it was it was I think definitely our old school it was a lot it was a lot but I think I learned so much from it um I think I personally think if I had started at my school in stone I think I would have stayed in teaching a lot longer like my school in Stone was generally a really good school and everyone had the right vision and the head teacher had the right vision. Um, just overall an excellent school. But I think like sometimes like in teaching, I think for a place that is all about learning, I think we already said this before, it, it feels like sometimes like all these little admin stuff that are really kind of irrelevant they take up that time when you should be learning, you should be exploring different stuff. Like, I feel like with, now that like I've started in tech, like I'm having to learn so much, so frequently, having to learn this this thing, this platform, that platform. And, and then I know that it's gonna change again. Like, I know that in the next month it will change and you, I'll have to learn something new. Whereas with teaching, I feel like that maybe it's because I only I only have experience of teaching in two schools. Um, maybe that's the reason why like I'm saying this, but I feel like you don't really have the opportunity of all that kind of like you're learning something new. Like I feel like sometimes when I was in CP, it's like CPD in our old school, like I was like, teach first have already taught us this in some institute. Like we literally learned all of this in some institute. Like every single thing that we learned, I was like, we already knew this because Teach First already taught us this. And I felt like I didn't really learn any learn anything new. I think more most of the things I learned was about like behavior control, like climate control, like um, trying to diffuse a situation, like putting my pride aside. I think I learned a lot of soft skills, like literally putting my pride aside so many times. I think like <laughs> so many situations um but yeah I think that's what I learned I think I really wanted to gain more hard skills um and I you know and I was also really interested in like in the usage of data like how could we improve the processes in schools because like I think there's like a lot of teachers who are like suffering or who are putting up with situations that they shouldn't put up with and I feel like there are like I really want there to be more like things are done to help teachers and to improve their situation because I just like I don't know I think about like so many teachers who just deserve so much better like and I I think we can we can count a good a good many who like who just deserve better and I just feel like they're not getting getting a deal that serves them or even students who deserve better and they're not getting a deal that's that serves them at all. I think it's it's one of those it's a strange one because we talked about the irony of an industry where it's all about learning and then you're learning as in our learning as teachers isn't always um, a big priority and I, and I think that it usually the 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 senior leadership or whoever have the best intentions for us to grow and to develop and to learn and they want that there and I think that the opportunities do exist and I think that sometimes you get a bit of a taste of it maybe you go on a course and you think oh yeah this is the sort of stuff I should be learning but the problem is that it's such a chaotic stretched desperate environment that mainly in the end if I'm being cynical as teachers we just get seen as a body to to look after the kids so we're mainly just seen as as our body in school to be there in front of those children and and that's kind of our main their main priority for us and Mm. you want our development to be further up the list of priorities but 
I think they, it just ends up down the list completely. And it, and it compared to other industries where, yeah, your personal development and, and you growing as, as an individual is seen as a benefit to, to the company and to the, you know, and so, so it really is looked as a priority, but for us, it is just like our physical presence and us just yeah. being there, which is, um, which kind of makes, can sometimes, that's one of the things that can make you feel quite disheartened because you think, I got into this because um, I, I wanted to be the best teacher and I wanted to do the best for the students and help them learn the best. And I wanted to be constantly developing and I wanted to be, I wanted to be appreciated for that, for the mm. knowledge that I have and experience having all the learning and studying that I've done. Um, and then sometimes you just, you, you kind of just felt like all you were was your, the fact that you were there as a, yeah. as a bit of a, I've used the phrase in the past, so when the behavior was by a glorified babysitter or something yeah. like that. And then, awesome. unfortunately that's how it sometimes felt. And it's a bit like, is that the fault of the school? Have they not handled things correctly? Is it the fault of government funding? There's just not like yeah. stretched, is it? It's, um, I suppose there's a lot of things at play but so you can get lucky and you can end up in a school where yeah they're like sending you off on courses all the time and yeah. supporting you and giving you the time to to grow and, and learn from things yeah or you can end up in a school where you you are just needed yeah all the time yeah children and safeguard them as the main concern yeah I think that that was one thing like my spawn stone did well like we had a whole library of like just things to do with like pedagogy and we had loads of conversations on like growth and stuff I went cross-eyed then <laughs> um, like we had loads of like conversations on stuff like that um and I think they were trying their best but I think like personally I think in schools because we've gotten to such a dire moment where so many teachers are leaving and they're exiting out of the career her oh, pardon I said sorry Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry. Guys. Sorry. <laughs> like, I think so many of us are leaving, right? That, um, like, it makes it harder. It, it does make it harder for schools to, like, now recruit. Like, it's kind of like it comes to a point where it, there's such a scarcity. You're just like, okay, we just need, we just need bodies. Like, when it's just like we're just trying to keep afloat, you're not thinking about thriving. And I think, like, education system, I think it's just a floating thing and I think like even in our old school it was such a floating thing because we had that 51% turnover I think that was about right with over the course of those years with 51% turnover like you're not going to be thinking about thriving you're just going to be thinking about surviving like and I think well like, what does that mean for the students as well you know because I remember like in our old school, like we had one student said to me that like I was her first consistent maths teacher for a whole academic year. And I was like, she was in year 10. I was like, so from year seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, you hadn't had a, a full year of, of a single maths teacher. And I was shocked. And then after I was like, wait, we, we are where we work. So like that actually does make sense. Like, because I remember like the year sevens, like, I think it was within like the first two months the English teacher just left and then they didn't have a consistent English teacher they just had a cover and then I was their maths teacher but because like a like loads of teachers had left um in December um I had to drop their class and take on top of take an, another year 10 class so they didn't have a consistent maths teacher and they didn't have a consistent English teacher and I just thought to myself this is crazy like there were some students who in there were really like you know brilliant students but by the time they got to year eight they'd just been completely transformed into something that was just unrecognizable because they hadn't had consistent consistent like you know learning consistent education um and not to kind of be rude to like supplies but supplier teachers can sometimes not really care like so you just look in and you're like, what's happening in that classroom? Are they actually learning? Are they actually growing? So it is like, yeah. Well, it's like the kids, they need to know that somebody is invested in them. 
someone is invested in them and their success and their achievement and like yeah a consistent teacher does that they're there sometimes to hold you to account and they're there to sort of support you and give you you know help you out and they're there they're there and they feel that they've invested in the in the pupil because they're there and every year and I thought I suppose the if you switch it round a bit it's it's kind of like well how are how are the senior leadership and how are the schools investing in their staff and yeah, are they investing in their staff because if they're not providing the the development if they're not providing the support and I yeah. mean there's there's other things that at play as well like things like like temporary contracts like I was born yeah. a fixed term contracts when I came and then obviously I've wanted to leave anyway but being told that I would need to reapply for my job that I've been doing for a year and I've had good feedback and there's been nothing negative and they've told me they asked me if I wanted to reapply and but being told I'd have to interview again and go through that process and this sort of thing it felt like oh so you haven't invested in me at all I've invested myself into Mm. these students and into into the into just work in general and it and it kind of felt like oh where's your investment in me when when that's what you do and 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 Mm. I suppose things like that that those types of contracts are just maybe a bit of a sign of the times and 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 the, in the education industry itself but it, yeah like I say investing financially and in, investing yeah in terms of salary development is that... is like they need to I think that needs to happen because yeah. kids need to feel that they've been invested in and so does staff because otherwise 100%. they are just going to leave yeah 100% I think yeah I, I think in our old school, if it wasn't for the consistency that I wanted to give those students, I don't know like how how I lasted those two years. Mm-hmm. And then I thought to myself actually like how much of me that I had to give, how much of like my health, both physically and mentally that I had to exchange to be there it was shocking and I feel like you're right there needs to be an investment into making schools a place that you want to work in like a place that you want to be and a place that doesn't cost you your like doesn't cost you your 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 mental health like it doesn't cost you that much and I think like with and then I think changing schools I realize that not all schools are like that and it is possible to have schools where you do feel healthy in and that it like it is possible you know like you do feel healthy in it you don't feel like you leave it you leave work and your whole soul has been sucked out of you like <laughs> I'm not even being dramatic this is literally like I remember like this is going this well we're not going to go too deep into it but like I remember like in old school, like coming home and I just sit on the bed and I just look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'd look at myself, I question my whole existence. I just feel like, wow, like this is crazy. Whereas like in my most recent school in Stone, like I wasn't like that. Like I could actually have a life. I could actually I had like a life outside work. My whole identity wasn't around me being um a teacher. Like I had other different sides of me and it wasn't that like I was leaving and you know like yeah I just felt way more healthier and I think that's it like schools can do it but also at the same time I know that my school in stone was able to do that but the SLT had to sacrifice themselves so much like the SLT was sacrificing so much and I, I thought to myself like does SLT need to sacrifice themselves that much just to provide that and I personally think that they shouldn't. I feel like the government needs to make sure that everybody is getting a good deal. Like SLT head teachers, um, middle leadership, like everybody's getting a better deal. Um, I think edtech products can help, but I think like the the government needs to like have a, a radical revisioning of um of schools and education um they need to make it so that like schools can be more like 
they can take in they can they can make more rapid changes i would like if schools can make more rapid changes to like curriculum um and like have more project-based things because like even like in like the world of like of careers and the world of like tech there's so many new developments that are happening so many new things are changing and i would really like if schools and curriculum could be able to change quickly so that they're, they're teaching something new and teaching something fresh and that teachers can learn more and that teachers feel more fulfilled because it's such it's such a problem and i think it is because like teachers have been seen like as like you said like babysitters or a body rather than like the profession professionals that they are and i think that society needs to start developing a, a far greater level of respect for teachers but it's just not there like there is no there is no respect for teachers even like in the media like the way that they talk about teachers and the thing is like teachers really do love they really love their students like mm. honestly like i still have cards for my students that i keep i keep i literally keep it on my wall. I have cards i keep for my students on my wall like even from our old school i still have like notes from students that I've kept. I put them in, in albums because I, I generally did love them. Like some of them made me want to go crazy, but you know, there were loads that I loved. There were loads that I loved. And even in my old school, there's so many that I love. Um, and like, they really do like, it's such an emotional job. Um, but it's also such a, teachers are professionals. Like I talked to so many, I'm like, you know, they're actually like, really really smart people really intelligent intelligent people who've done degrees or even worked in industry um and i think they need to be given that respect and i think until you get that level of respect for them you're not going to get those educational outcomes that you want like because i think in countries like you know that i think there was that one time right that uh, for i'm talking a lot so i'm gonna say this one thing and another yeah um they, they, I remember like my, in, in our old school, my first head of department was like, okay, let's bring in the Shanghai method of maths. Let's bring in the Shanghai method of maths. And then like, we were reading books on it. And I think like, you know, even uh, the UK government got some people from like Shanghai to come and like teach and train other like, you know, UK maths teachers. And then they saw that nothing really came of it. Like it didn't really improve any scores and improve anything. I'm like, okay, what's the difference between Shanghai or like China and the UK when it comes to education system? Respect. There's so much respect for teachers. So much respect for teachers. And on top of that, students are studying, like they have, they study, they do it in their own private study and they do tuition. And they come home literally at like 11 p.m. at night time. And these are like normal students. Obviously, like the Chinese government has now banned like after school tuition now because it was just a bit too intense. It was crazy. But like that's only recently. And they were doing that. And whereas like students in the UK, I'm not going to lie, like are they doing their homework all the time? Like or parents like, my child should do homework. And they come to you and they're like, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like they should do their homework they're like no we don't believe in homework we don't believe in what you're saying as a teacher and I'm like okay you know what it is your own child like you do you but well there were definitely cultural differences weren't there yes yeah. and even now I notice it but more so when it, at our old school was that you recognize differences in parents depending on where the parent was from so if the parent had a, a certain cultural background where they were like I mean, I can't speak about individual countries. It was, it was, but I just, it was, it tended to be the non-UK yeah. <laughs> people, um, parents were much more respectful of us and were very thankful yeah. to us. I used to get parents, um, and yeah, I remember like, I think I remember like Nigerian parents, like always thanking me loads and being like, oh, we thank you for everything that you do. God bless you. We were in a Catholic school, so there's a lot of Catholic um, parents and things. But yeah. they were very much like, thank you so much for what you do. We really expect, uh, respect it. And yeah, and when you mentioned Chinese, I remember that from Chinese parents as well. They were very yeah. like, we really respect what you do and we need to, you know, and, and they were so supportive. And you could tell that they, yeah, respected us as professionals. Yeah. And and whereas it, it definitely isn't, I mean, you can't generalize, but 
I do I did notice that as a cultural difference as opposed yeah. to like UK born parents but like I say complete generalization because lots of UK parents were really supportive but it just it makes you think about the different yeah countries and the different systems that, that they yeah. have and, and how we're looked upon but it I mean it's the same in in America like yes teaching is not is not respected as a profession there not financially teachers end up having to do like night jobs and stuff just to pay for their living because mm. they just don't get paid enough and and I've and I've had comments when I was going into teaching I had Italian colleagues and when I was going to teaching and they were like oh teaching like they in in Italy it wasn't regarded as a as a respectful profession it was kind of like anyone can do it type of thing yeah so it just sort of shows you and those aren't those aren't like archaic like views I think they're yeah. fairly decent and stuff and and it, but it's only when you do it it's only when you do it you realize how much goes into your job like I've had a few different jobs of I've not come into this straight away and I, and I, you know I talk to my friends about what they do and my partner about what he does for his job and all I can think is that I, can't, I don't want to bring it down to money but like you can get paid far more for doing far less in all yeah. <laughs> like you work yourself to the bone in teaching emotionally and physically for yeah. a steady okay wage I'm not going to say that you the pay is terrible because it, it's not but it it's just yeah. if you have any hint of ambition financially then it's it's a difficult yeah, one to get past because like you said before about the the assistant heads and the and the senior leadership team who are like killing themselves practically yeah. they do so much even in a good school like yours which was like mm. an excellent school it's almost like if you're if you're a senior leader in a, in a school you admit that you're there till eight o'clock at night or seven o'clock yeah. at night and you're in really early in the morning and you, you're stressed all the time but it's like they think that they they have to do that to earn yeah they get a good salary but it's like in other industries they would get the same salary if not way more for doing far less like, mm-hmm. it's, like it's like it's this it's like it's accepted that oh no we should work ourselves to the bone and we should yeah. have a massive workload because we've got good holidays and mm-hmm. because that we should be happy that we're making a difference in kids lives yeah like we are but it becomes exhausting and mm-hmm. then people leave yeah or just get signed off with stress yeah or retire early yeah not sustainable no not all um I think because I think it's been almost an hour we're gonna have to end the podcast here um I want to say thank you so much Kirsty for coming on and I would love to do another conversation I think this is really good I enjoyed myself a lot uh, yeah, do I, think, I think there's there's so much more to explore as well mm-hmm. so it's um it's been it's been interesting to kind of like air my thoughts because yeah. they've been in my head and I've not really had a chance to yeah <laughs> once you put them out there you kind of consider them a little bit more and I think I would have had more more in, more thoughts about education in my head than what I what I thought I did yeah <laughs> so yeah uh, yeah I think I I don't know. Would you ever get into edtech yourself? Actually, that's my final question. Yeah, like a lot. I'm looking at a lot of different things at the moment um, of what I want to do, and and because I love, I love like kind of curriculum and sequencing lessons and schemes of work and and thinking about what actually children need to know. And in my in my subject, I think it's it's particularly important and I think there's going to be a lot of changes in, in languages in the next so so in terms of that um yeah and I, I don't know I think that I think that we've learned a lot in our training about how how people learn um mm. I mean I I'm interested in, even in a, in a sort of adult education and things like mm. that as well because especially with like the massive boom in in adults wanting to learn languages over lockdown and things like that like I think it, that's something I'm, I'm interested in. Like, how is that going? Because we all know the laps, the, the laps, the apps people use for language learning. Um, but could they be better? Is, is there a is there a more viable solution for that? Because it, when it comes to language learning, you've either got the sort of long courses that people don't want to do. You've either got like th- phrase books and stuff like that, or you've got things like Duolingo that we talked about before, where it's it's a bit basic. 
if, if I'm honest, it's just sort of like, how many words do you remember for today or something? Um, so yeah, I'm, I am interested in it. And I mean, it, it's not, it's, it, you know, it is the way forward, isn't it? It is where things are going. Mm. Like, in, in every sense, there's going to be more of these kind of technologies that are going to be popping up all over the place. I mean, I mean it's weird with languages because we've even got things like software that is translating people as they speak. And um, there's all different want versions of that at the moment. And they're not perfect. And they're kind of going to be taking a job away from me if I want to go back to translation. <laughs> but um, it's the stuff being developed all the time. So uh, yeah, I am. Um, I'm still interested in it. That's why I keep in touch with you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so thank you again. And um, thank you to anyone else who is listening. And if you have anything you would like um, me to talk about or even Kirst to talk about, uh, please do message. Thank you. Thank you for watching this episode of EdTech Product Managers. I hope you enjoyed and feel free to leave any questions or suggestions you would like me to talk about next. Thank you.